Has the freight market bottomed? Echo beats earnings on managed transportation growth. Old Dominion beats Q4 earnings estimates. Keeps OR below 80 mark. Saya's earnings are solid. Schneider gets an uplift from Merrill Lynch. USA Truck continues the trend. Another strong quarter, improvement in OR, a jump in the stock price. Why, tr why trucking freight futures now? Convoy eliminates human intervention and load matching. We cover these headlines and more on this week's episode of What the Truck. Redwood Logistics is one of the nation's fastest-growing logistics providers, fueled by industry-leading technology and a passionate team of experts. From multimodal brokerage and dedicated truckload to third-party logistics and TMS consulting, implementation, and integration, Redwood Logistics delivers next-generation solutions for its clients and much more than a truckload. I'm Zach. And I'm Chad. And we are visited by Ashley Coker, our editor of Truckload Indexes. Happy to be here. It is great right. to have you. So, uh, well, and this is uh, in place of JP. Uh, we miss you, buddy. Uh, his his daughter's got a fever, and this is the first time, I think, we're on episode 53, and I think this is the first time that JP has not been able to uh, be here for a session. So Iron Man is out. No, no, no. I correct you, sir. Oh, really? I actually filled in for JP on episode 9. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a long run for JP, yeah. nevertheless. And, uh, you know, uh, it's great to have you all in studio here. We have got some interesting headlines to uh, cover. But first of all, uh, the important stuff. Um, Zach, uh, what you got cooking? Good looking. We got a little dust bunny from Monday Night Brewing out of Atlanta, Georgia. Well, that was a setup because I know that already, and I'm doing the same thing. Good call. Oh, Dust Bunny, because it's a hazy IPA, only 6.8 ABV. And, you know, like, if you really look at, like, if you look at it, it looks like there's, like, little dust paramecium kind of floating, um, you know, in it. And I guess hence I mean, the name Dust Bunny. I mean, that's not a great way to, to describe it. But, you know. <laughs> what, paramecium? Yeah, that's not... Uh, or the dust. Well, they, I mean, anyway, it's it's a hazy IPA, pretty uh, pretty yummy. Uh, Ashley, what you got cooking? I've got a real exciting water. Yes. Water H two O. Well, very healthy, keeping you sharp on your toes. All right. Hedging against dehydration this flu season. <laughs> All important. right. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, and um, you know, uh, well, first, uh, Zach, one of the um, you know, we 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 start you know the, with our what the drugs now, um, kind of like trying to give you all our listening audience a a a, a weekly market playbook. And you uh, you kind of distilled the, some of the things that are happening with our weekly market update and asking the 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 question it's not a rhetorical question i think it's a real one has the freight market bottomed yeah so you know looking at some of our our, our data it it appears to us that you know coming out of the uh, out of january which is traditionally a very slow month for freight like everybody kind of oh, yeah. kind of goes into this doldrum is it to use a cliche a little bit um and then you know typically you stay there uh, through february and sometime in march everything just kind of pops well the interesting thing to me is that it actually looked like the market kind of hit a bottom about two weeks ago, right yeah. before the end of the month. Uh, we actually noticed that volumes are actually about 1.5% higher this week than they were during that period of time. So, like, that that third-ish week of January, we had this, like, little bump uh, towards the end of the month of January, of course, as, 
all these, you know, everybody has to make their quotas, getting freight off the dock, whatever. And, you know, about, right. you know, starting February, though, it's actually come back a little bit and been a little bit stronger. And we're actually seeing uh, another indication that capacity might be not tightening to a point of like, oh, my gosh, the rates are going to go through the roof. No. But it's moving back the other direction for the first time and in, in, since Christmas. In, in 2019, certainly, right? Yes, yeah. First. Um, uh, and it, well, do we attribute some of that? How much stock are we giving uh, to um, the Chinese New Year, which was uh, this this very week? It, uh, almost, almost none. Uh, you look at some of the uh, the other market data, and it looks like actually the inbound container rates uh, for 40 foot containers have come down over the last couple of weeks. But um, we're not even it's a it's a delayed impact, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but still you should see okay. this thing kind of ramp up all the way up to the Chinese New Year. And the uh-huh. fact that the rates have been declining for the last two weeks okay. and there's been no significant like huge inbound flow there, um, or anything coming out of Los Angeles uh for for a little while, it's it's kind of like, no, they probably already spent that kind of engine. I mean, what what the big story is right oh, really? now is that warehouses are full on, out of Los Angeles, and they're reposi- They're trying to find sp- stuff to cram all their freight. Well, we've been talking about that for weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's still continuing okay. to go on. But that means that they don't have any room to pull any more freight in in. The oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, so some of those, maybe even that early, those early spikes were this very thing, getting ahead of it a little bit. Exactly, exactly. Trying, so they've okay. they've literally pulled so much stuff into the country. Even if they wanted to try to get ahead of these tariffs a little bit more, they're just it's too costly to do it at this point, um, and there's not enough room to do it. And again, the demand uh, cycle in the economy itself is at a low point. Uh, winter obviously keeps people kind of bottled up a little bit. Yeah. So. What's the? They're going to have this three month lag before they can even push that inventory back out. So you're saying Chinese New Year doesn't matter? Not a headline this this year? Not not. It doesn't appear to be currently. No. So do you? Well, have we answered the question? Do you think the freight market is bottomed, uh, sir? I mean, in reading your article, it seemed like you were saying we think it has, but you never know. It, it, it's one of those things where we've only had a week. You know, where it was kind of like, wait, we bounced, but Uh not until the end of February or early March can we truly, with 100% confidence, say we bottomed out. Because February is one of those months that you can always hit the bottom in the freight market. So you asked a a question that can't even be answered. I mean, I I could make something up, but I'm not going to. But the indications are actually very strong right now that we are, anytime that you have that kind of bounce in the middle of winter, it's a good it's a good sign. Regardless. So when you order the bottomless fries at Chili's, <laughs> is it really bottomless? <laughs> well, we never know. Uh, but we are here to uh, entertain you with um, echoes. I mean, not echoes. We're earnings. And we're talking about all kinds of earnings all over the place. Um, and uh, Ashley, you have covered some this week. And uh, so so of our, um, you know, our other editorial correspondents, uh, John Kingston, John Paul Hampstead, I think, covered these. Um, so, well, let's do. I think we've got at least one more round here of, of um, you know, you know. I think that the general trend is that you know we're we're, we're getting the Q4 earnings from 2018 across the board, and in general, it's just a matter of like, you know, how hard did you hit that fastball? You know, like how how well did you execute? So the first one we're going to talk about, right, is the is Echo. They beat their earnings, um, and they and they they, they um, did it in a specific sector. Echo, of course, Echo Global Logistics is a, a broker, giant brokerage, one of the few that are a publicly traded company. 
Um, well, uh, Zach, you love nerding out on this stuff. I do. G- give us a, <laughs> give us a, an overview, man. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Echo basically beat their estimates on the earnings per share, but they fell a little short on the revenue side. So their stock kind of took a little bit of a hit. Today. Oh, did it? Yeah, it kind of took a little bit of a hit. But I'm going to tell you, like that doesn't really tell the me, story. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. That to me doesn't really matter. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at things like, you know, do they know how to kind of hedge their bet coming into 2019, where we're seeing a, a lot softer market in terms of capacity, right? Um, and any kind of upward pressure on rates. So transactional market exposure in a soft market is very bad. For a brokerage, if, uh-huh. they're, if they're going straight transactional, their margins are going to continuously get compressed. Well, um, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly all uh, that you're, you're talking about. I mean, I, I do know that they were, you know, they acquired command transportation in 2015, which was, um, you know, biased them towards the spot market. But they've been overcoming that. And uh, they uh, their spot business only represented 52 percent of their total revenues, which was down 59 percent from a year earlier. Is, is is that kind of that's not even really what you're talking no, about. The spot market is the transactional market. Oh, that's, it, OK. That's, that's what is. I'm talking about. Okay. And, and you don't want to be heavily exposed exposed in that arena as a brokerage in yeah. a softening market because you're, you're, you're essentially going to have these rates lowering on top of like your your securing capacity. So you're saying that you you would like to see them if you were if you were if you were investing or whatever in them you would suggest even even lowering that exposure to the absolutely and uh, they did and and what I what was good to see is that they actually looked like they were ahead of the game because it actually works in the yeah. broker's favor when the market's super hot like it was in 2018. Uh, it kind of. All these shippers right. come out, and they don't know how to manage these cost inflations that are coming through. So it's the broker's paradise. <laughs> right. Because if they're smart, they're they're building for the future. They're they're going out there. They're contacting shippers. Shippers are probably contacting them because their costs are out yeah, of control. Yeah, it's a shipper's paradise yeah. right now, no doubt about that. And, and so while that market is super hot, they go out and gain clientele by saying, hey, we're going to be able to ha- kind of capture the, some lower costs for you. We'll save you a bunch of money. When the market finally kind of cools off, they have this inventory of uh, kind of customers they can go to that they have this consistent flow of business operating at a 15% OR for them. Right. Um, you know, and I, I will say, I mean, I didn't know that about their, their stock taking a slight hit uh, today. Uh, but you know, one of their one of the ways that they they majored uh, it was their the um, the standard of which they were really jamming was the managed uh, transportation revenue jumping sixteen point seven percent year over year to one hundred and thirty three point six million. That's pretty significant. Yeah, in I a mean, capacity crunch type of year. Yeah, and their and their managed transportation is 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 not as big of a chunk of their overall portfolio oh, okay. as the, as the transactional. So those bigger numbers are not the uh, percentage jump isn't as impressive as it may seem, but it's still exactly what you want to see right now. Like the fact that they went out and did that in yep. Q4. Well, how much do you trust their projections of what they said they expect to see in 2019 to be? You know, they said in the range of. Uh, of 2.35 billion to 2.55, uh, you know, in the first quarter, seeing between 530 and 570 million. I think that's I think that's conservative. I think they're kind of setting the standard. Um, they know the bar. They know the bar needs to be a little bit lower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. You know, so that they. I mean, obviously, their stock price 
is moves up and down based on expectation level. So they need to manage that to an extent. So, I, but I think they're they're in the right space. All right. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the rest of these that we're covering are. Uh, our carriers or or LTL, so that was our one logistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, uh, actually, 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 you covered um, uh, Old Dominion beating their Q4 uh, earnings estimates. Maybe they were conservative too, but um, but their OR remaining below eighty that seems to be pretty significant. As we were saying, OR last week is sort of like an ERA for a pitcher. The lower, the better. The a golf score, right? The lower, the better. So b- below the 80s is pretty good. Yeah, Old Dominion actually posted or had ORs below 80 for three quarters in a row, which yeah. is really incredible. And, I mean, compared to their peers is standout. Um, they improved 520 basis points from Q4 2017 from an 83.9 OR to a 78. Point seven OR, yeah. Which is, I mean, uh, no, it's tremendous. LTL is a tr- is traditionally a lot more difficult to manage than truckload in terms of cost exposure. Is 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 uh, Zach is, is is Old Dominion? Um, are they like you know? Are they a standout in their area of, of LTL? Yeah, Old Dominion is the gold standard of LTL. Like all the LTL companies want to be just like Old Dominion. Uh, I think Ashley, you wrote about this thing saying like how they actually gained market share. I mean, that's... They gained market share. That, that's that's a big deal. Um, that's that's exactly how LTL needs to grow at this point. They're actually, it's cool because you'll see them, um, like, you know, Major League Baseball seems to have a relationship with them where they deliver all the spring training stuff. <laughs> right. Um, and so they get a little, like, you know, kind of national exposure for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know. Were there any takeaways that you had from the earnings reports? I know that um, you know earn it, You know, you may not dig the earnings like uh, you know a ton. That's it's okay. It's something to be ashamed about. Um, yeah, I think Zach's pretty un- a pretty unusual nerd for digging them the way he does. Not true. <laughs> no, but uh, but were there any other standouts, Ashley? I mean, yeah, for Old Dominion, they stood out yeah. in most ways. The I mean, they reported an EPS of a dollar ninety five, which the estimate was a dollar seventy six. That's sick. So, that's <laughs> <awesome>. Sorry, geek um, moment. <laughs> yeah, right. They also beat revenue, not quite as impressively. Um, the estimate was $1.02 billion. They came in at $1.03, but they still beat, so... Yeah, I think yeah. I think one of the big takeaways here is uh, whenever you look at some of these reports, like you got to look at this LTL revenue per shipment number. Um, yeah, that, I thought that was a weird part of the story too, where they like, what was it like? Uh, they they they. My interpretation of understanding <clears throat> this is they decreased the amount that they were actually, you know, like using per haul. But their business model was like, but we're going to charge more for that and try to go a little further. They essentially got more for doing less, Chad. And that's, ah, that is so less is more. Yeah, their weight per shipment went down. Their revenue per shipment went up significantly, um, which means that they got just like all the truckload carriers. They got a bunch of rate increases put in place and they took advantage of a big old revenue grab. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> is that is that like would that would you say is that like a a good business model for um, any LTL? Yeah, no, no, no. Is that, there's, is that what you want to do? There's absolutely no critique of Old Dominion here. I have no room for that. They 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 are the benchmark uh, LTL carrier in the country, uh, effectively. I mean, it's okay. But wow. the fact the fact that they can, I mean, they did reduce uh, 
their rev- they reduced their weight per shipment and increased their revenue per shipment so much. It was, I mean, and that's that's kind of what you you will see in an environment where the carrier has the leverage, and which is rare. And they took the most advantage of it that they could. Um, yeah, that, that's the that's a smart play. Wow. Um, now. Moving on, if that's okay, to to Saya. Now they also are uh, LTL, mm-hmm. just not. Are they as large as as as, o, as as OD? No, no, no. They're not. Okay. They're not near as large. They're still a pretty solid LTL carrier out there. Um, they, the, the LTL space is far less fragmented than truckload. There's much fewer okay. carriers. Uh, I it's believe because it is so fragmented to be an LTL carrier in the first place. Right? Yeah, but it's it's yeah. so difficult because yeah. volume yeah. is so necessary. Like a truckload to carrier, fill up that. yeah, yeah, they have networks in LTL that you have to consistently fill up uh, to keep those trucks rolling. If they roll empty, like those trucks have to move. Like if a if you're an asset-based truckload carrier, you don't have a load, you're not driving anywhere that day. So, um, so they, their their earnings were solid, uh, as I, as I understood. Earnings were great. <clears throat> They'd had the same kind of experience where they had an increased revenue per shipment, lowered uh, lower weight per shipment, but not to the extent that Old Dominion did. Old Dominion's weight per shipment was far higher. I found that interesting. Their revenue per shipment also was far higher. Mm. Um, so Old Dominion seems to have something in the cards there where they can get a little bit beefier freight. Uh, for LTL carriers, that's a big deal. I mean, because that's what drives revenue: weight and length of length of haul. Uh, both increase your uh, yeah. revenue. Uh, yeah, Old Dominion certainly seems to have a very high fulfillment percentage. I mean, almost as high as you could possibly do at 99%. Yeah. Um, Saya, um, they cut their... Now, this was interesting to me, and I had a question for you on this. Saya cut its total debt. They have debt of $122.9 million, and they cut it at the... Uh, you know, Well, they cut it about $10 million over the course of 20, 2018. Um, but, uh, but then they announced that, you know, their... Uh, their capital expenditures, or, or as, as, as the lingo goes, their capex, that, that they're going to, you know, it's going to go up. They're going to in, invest more, up, and it's going to go up to three hundred million. And so my question is, like, what does it mean that they're raising expenditures while they're still in debt? So it's it's not it's not a terrible move to okay. invest when the market's hot. I mean, that's you're like ah. as, a, as an asset based carrier, you're going to have low cash flow. Like it just it's traditional. You never have the money that you need to really in, reinvest in your business and grow it in terms of infrastructure. Yeah. So you have to take advantage of those times where that happens. So paying down some of this older debt where they're probably paying a higher rate of uh, interest on it, yeah. it is going to like lower their exposure there, but it's going to give them a lot more freedom to expand in the future. So this is, this is exactly what you need to do, a super smart business decision. Um, I, I don't... I think anybody that's in the financial sector would would probably say the same thing. Okay, buying well, low, selling high. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the that's the idea. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So Schneider, gigantic uh, carrier, Schneider. Um, they they seem to, uh, as our article says, get an uplift from Merrill Lynch. That it basically, um, you know, in terms of stock, they were saying, uh, you know, the, the, you know, they they thought that they saw sort of basically a stock weakness, and they were like, look, we're we're moving this up, but but. Was, you know, what what did did Schneider do anything that amazing or was it just more of like an oversight almost in investors portfolios? I think all they're doing is making a course correction. Uh, I think they had they saw where they kind of undervalued them in the long run a little bit too much. Um, 
I don't I don't think Schneider has any more significant advantage in 2019 than many other carriers. They're huge. Yeah. Um, they have a huge intermodal sector, which actually uh, the big part of this was that their intermodal sector oper- operated in the mid 80s, uh, OR wise. And which they, is fantastic. And they beat JB Hunt for the fifth consecutive quarter. And, uh, and that's sort of the benchmark because of, of J.B. Hunt's size. Yes, and J.B. Hunt has, they're one of the only other asset-based carriers that have a significant amount of intermodal kind of exposure. Now, okay. moving into 2019, yep. obviously, 2018 was the year of intermodal. Uh, 2018, huh. so is that how we think of that? Okay. Yeah, now 2019, there's definitely, we're, we're seeing slowing in that sector. Mm-hmm. Like, so, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, it was kind of a pull forward. So it's not necessarily that it's going to go down forever or anything like that, but it's probably going to slow down uh, quite a bit. Just due to Well, the, everything's slowing yeah. down, but you mean like proportionally? Yeah, yeah it, it'll okay. probably slow way down. It's kind of like where everybody bought a bunch of trucks in 2018. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of the tax breaks. Well, those things expired. <laughs> so you're not, you're simply not going to have the same kind of motivation to go out and do that. Well, China... <laughs> it, we're, we're simply not oh, pulling China. as much freight right. in. We pulled it all into 2018. Well, we're going to figure a lot out about that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, well, uh, I mean, well, actually, I also think that, um, you know, it, it seems that Schneider did well, but, I mean, the, uh, you know, best in class seems to be Knight Swift, right, with yeah. their operating in the uh, <clears throat> in the 70s. But um, but this isn't about them. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, finally, to get to get us through these earnings, um, the USA Truck, you know, uh, interesting company, uh, really have, have turned uh, seems to have seems to have turned a corner, taking advantage of the hot economy. Um, they are they had a, another strong quarter uh, improvement in their OR and a jump in stock price. What do you guys think of this? Ashley, you wrote this one. Why don't you? No, this was off? Kingston. Or was piece. Kingston? Oh, okay. But, um, but we're all right. up to date on what's going on, right? Okay. So USA Truck actually, like I, I actually had a good time with with uh, my, one of my old uh, employers. I work with a guy that used to work at USA Truck, and the turnaround story there is insanely impressive. Um, the fact okay. that they were they were literally on the brink of failure a couple of years ago. And now they are operating in the low 90s on an OR is insane. Now, a lot of that, a lot of the reason that they were able to do that is they pushed a lot of their capacity into the spot market. Now, That's that is, right. That is a, That's right. That is, they're, they're calling it about 50%. They're saying that they're 50% spot and 50% contract. And, and that's how they want to keep it. They say, yeah, but I mean, but you're, you're not necessarily taking them at their word. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, they have to say what they got to say. I, I'm fine with that. So but, you think they're more exposed to spot? Yeah, I think what you do when you're in that kind of position is that you pull all your stuff into the transactional market, um, and and they did it at the exact right time. I mean, the spot market last year in 2017 was insane. And until you get that customer base back, you have to build that trust back with your customers. You you have to do this. This is not a bad decision. They did exactly what they needed to do. Now yeah. now that they've kind of gone out and taken advantage of a super hot market, uh, hopefully d- along the way they have built up a little bit more trust with their customer base and they can get back into like kind of what they need to do as an asset-based truckload carrier, and that is like maintain a network of consistency. Like that operational consistency is so important to an asset-based carrier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's worth noting that their earnings per share reached 68 cents this, or in Q4, which is the company's highest ever. 
Okay. That's, yeah. That's that's nasty. I mean, considering what these guys. <laughs> Yeah. Again, I'm, the the financial analyst geek in me is a little is a little bit excited about this, but it's 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 impressive regardless of how they did it. It's that's quite a story. Well, yeah, um, and I think as uh, you know, um, our uh, some of our seeking alpha uh, analysts um, ha- said, uh, keep in mind that the uh, thirty dollars year over year improvement in revenue per tractor per week was achieved on ten percent less utilization and their loaded miles. Uh, per uh, uh, that you know their per, per their loaded miles per truck per week, so um, interesting like strategic decisions that led to a more profitable model uh, with USA. I see them out there on the highway. Uh, when I go there, I'm always curious about them. They they look very patriotic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, as we move on from earnings, one of the things that we uh, have going on that I find just fascinating, um, uh, you know, that we that we're you know seeing is is, is you know this uh, we're, freight futures, freight futures. Now it's maybe hard, like not everybody in the world you know knows like what what the futures you know are what about. The future may be. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone in the world, maybe a few people, uh, you know, do, but. Um, you know, I, I like we're we're on the road. Like freight waves right now, um, you know, is is uh, on the road doing a freight futures road show, uh, and it's pretty it's pretty cool. They're going to all these cities um, and started in New York on Tuesday. Uh, then uh, they're uh, in Chicago. As a matter of fact, today and then you know next week I think on to to Houston and uh, well Dallas. who all yeah, and, then <laughs> yeah. da- and who Dallas. all knows where else. St. Louis. We're, uh, yep, and um, many, many different places. And uh, we're basically trying to help, you know, kind of educate um, everybody about like, you know, well, I think that, but the big thing that comes to mind is that I think that the, one of the big questions that we have to answer, or that and they, just because people are curious is like, well, if, you know, if the freight futures is so important, then basically, why hasn't it been done before? Ever, Ever, right? No, you know, and it's a gi- <laughs> and it's a gigantic industry, yeah. way bigger than. Remember, remember, like way back. I don't know if you remember, uh, but like back in the uh, '30s, there there was um, there was like a futures for onions. Like, yeah. yeah, like in Chicago. Yeah. There are futures for commodities of all kinds. I mean, um, trucking's a little bit bigger than the, than, than the onion market. It also happens to be bigger than the oil market. Yes. Uh, not and many people know that. No, not many people do. Mm-hmm. It's actually, and this is, although it's not completely related, and but people might not realize this because of, like, they talk a lot about fintech and what a gigantic industry it is. Actually, freight is even bigger than the banking industry in terms of U.S. GDP. It's about, for, for, for freight, it's about 8.5 uh Billion, yeah, GDP, billion. and it's <laughs> with my it's, pinky up across. That's my with lip. a B, uh, and it's seven point five for banking. These are r- rough estimates, but it's like a very, very big industry, um, and it's it's not about the physical movie. This is not about like you're not like it's it's not about like line haul. It's not like this isn't like literally watching a physical truck go. It's about hedging your hedging your bets for what's happening 
um, what's going to happen in a very volatile industry. So we all know it's volatile, and we all know that there are two sides to the equation, which you have to have for a, a proper futures market. You have to have uh, carriers, say, on one side and shippers on another. <clears throat> um, you know, those wanting uh, wanting to you know um, the things to go long, is a, and those who are wanting things to go short. Um, but you know, first of all, can you just we take a tiny step back, uh, Zach? Can you tell us what in the world does it mean to even hedge something? So basically, hedging and and it gets used. It gets used to use a little bit. Hedging is essentially taking the opposite side of something to uh, lower your exposure. So you're basically reducing your risk, <clears throat> and the and the goal is to basically have a zero sum game. Uh, so that means. Because I, 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 that would be fair. Yeah, I, I'm locked in at this price. All I want to do is not lose. Uh, yeah. That's basically what a lot of the players in futures markets are doing. Now, obviously, there's people in there. We call them speculators. Uh, that are, and they, yeah. they are the ones that are trying to make profits and money in the situations. But a lot of the, a lot of the companies across the United States have been hedging uh, or using futures as a hedging tool for years. Uh, they basically like the, you know, Kellogg's or or General Mills, or somebody like that, they have exposure to grain prices, corn prices, they will go out and try to hedge their uh, prices. And so they, they're basically, all they want to do is say, I just want to make sure that I pay no more than, you know, $1.85 a bushel of corn or something like that across the Board. And the things that, that we can lose on are that, that you know, we're, we're dealing with a volatile markets mm-hmm. and there's things in the markets that happen out of our control, whether it's weather, whether it's trade policy, whether, you know, it's, uh, you know, like new technology plays coming in. Uh, I mean, there, there's like there's literally over a dozen things, I think, that can d- dramatically impact the volatility of the markets, which is basically like why we have a weekly market update in the exactly, first place. Exactly, exactly. And the freight market, most people don't understand just how volatile that thing is. Um, yeah. It goes, and in the last year and, and a half... Think about 2018? Yes, yeah. yes, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> the last year and a half has been one of the most volatile periods of the transportation market, even though it has been more volatile in the past. Um, it is, it's been one of those where you hear about these General Mills and Pepsis uh, kind of saying, like, hey, guys, we missed our earnings because transportation costs went up 20 to 30 percent. So, so actually, like, you know, we're, we're thinking, you've been covering this for a while now, too. What are some of the things that you're seeing as, like, to why now? Like, what are you seeing in the industry? Yeah, I mean, when you think about why now, you have to talk about technology. Yes. You, you have to talk about the fact that now we have this market transparency that there's never been before. Yeah. We have information flowing that's never been flowing before. And you can see what's happening. It, the market. Very much, right? No, and that's that's probably the biggest answer to why now. Uh, outside of the volatility, the volatility's been there for a while, but it's I think the technology and the way that things have kind of progressed, uh, you know, like you said, technology is it's making things more transparent. It was, um, in a lot of ways, for as important and huge as logistics has been, um, we've been pretty antiquated, resisting the change, cons- a conservative industry. Would you say? Yeah, no, totally. Um, but it's it's due to but, the fact just yeah. we just had earnings season, and we were celebrating 93, 92 ORs. Right. That's, I mean, for those <laughs> well, out there that aren't familiar with an OR, that, that means that oh. you made... Seven to eight percent profit margin. When yeah, but you, it's a low. We we know that it can be a low margin but business. They can't, Some businesses they, are like they that. They simply can't 
invest with the significant in technology uh, because of the volatility because of the low margins oh. the, the, they they can't invest in their companies because they don't have the cash to make that happen and technology is expensive and so when the government came out and said hey you guys have to put these ELDs in your trucks so we know that you're not you know messing with your hours of service as a safety feature it created this environment for telematics and all this other stuff that trucking really should have been able to do years ago. But yep, shoulda, sim- woulda, coulda. Uh, we're all replaced by one little did. Um, the robots are coming. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're getting off onto another subject. Um, no, but it's technology. Uh, even uh, you know, I mean, like you know, even the truckers now that were maybe resistant to change, maybe maybe still believe they they really are, um, still have uh, iPhones. Like they're carrying their iPhones, and maybe they don't even understand how much the world has changed, and they're a part of it. We're all a part of it. Sometimes I don't even realize. I mean, when I was in college, maybe this dates me a little bit, but I literally was writing letters home to my family. I wrote letters. To my family, I like what? Like what? What was? When was I alive? Like was this like in the? Was I Charles in Charles Dickens time? No, I was. Uh, so I mean, a lot has changed. That's the point. Like now, I think a college kid might text every now and then, "Hi, mom and dad." You know, like things have changed. Technology, that's a big one. And and the fact that you can now, I think it's more about trust. And so, since technology is a lot more trustworthy than a human. Uh, you are actually now available to like, yeah. everybody's more like, you know what? I believe that the price of that is what it is because right. of computer Sad but talk. true. Yeah. Sad but true. Yeah. Perhaps. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next story in a moment. But the other sa- the other big reason I think that we've been kind of emphasizing is that um, last year sort of represented what we're kind of calling, um, uh, and I don't think grandiosely, like uh, the uh, our, our, the trucking industry's OPEC moment. And, you know, like basically like the long and short of that, the OPEC moment was like in the very early 70s, uh, oil ran tight. And, you know, I mean, there's more to the story than this, but like it ran really tight. It scared people. It led to tons of volatility in, in oil. And I think all the way it took till like 1988, but finally there was a futures set for uh, for crude and oil. Um, wh- am I wrong about 1988? You're no. giving me a funny look. No, 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 it no. It wasn't for that. You... Oh, um, but I think I think I think it was. I would think it was around then, and um, and, and that led to the futures for oil. And and basically, so what we had was in in tw- at the end of 2017. I mean, we talked about it all of 2017, but then uh, at the end of 2017, the hard mandate, the long-awaited, much anticipated hard mandate of the ELD, electronic uh, logging uh, uh, device, Device. thank you, <laughs> mandate, uh, the, uh, the mandate came into play. And even though many large carriers had already long since been using them, a whole lot of the industry, the disparate industry, we talk about the 90% of the uh, industry are, uh, are you know, um, sm- owner Compliant. operators. Mm-hmm. The, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the silent majority, as sometimes we, we've called them. And they, they, everybody had to get compliant. And so everybody had to get on board with the technology. And at the same time, we hit 2018 in this, like, extremely long bull run, this extremely hot uh, economy, and, and where, whereas capacity was already tight and you throw in the ELD and I mean it was an insane year we covered it it was kind of an OPEC moment so why is it and, and now and and this is interesting to me just witnessing it firsthand 
we we hit 2019. All of these used truck prices that had been just like killing it all all year long in 2018. Well, everybody's like, whoa, <laughs> things have slowed down really fast, and there's tons of trucks everywhere. Um, so, uh, so like volatility, lots of volatility. Yeah, no, we, we you can go up, and you can also go down. And what goes up must come down, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, And so, like, in order to be, like, this is a, what we have just experienced is a classic example of uh, of of the need for us to, uh, of 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 people to be able to to hedge. Yeah. No. The 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 spot market rate nationally went from like two dollars to like a dollar thirty six in a matter of six months. That's tremendous amount of volatility if you think about that and do math. Yeah. Do that math in your head percentage wise. Real quick, right now? Right now. Uh, let, let me use my iPhone <laughs> yeah. for that. Uh, wait, no, it's not nope. quick enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds dramatic, yep. and I'll take your word for it, <laughs> even though you're a human. Um, well, uh, my goodness. So that, so why now is sort of the answer we're thinking, the question we're answering. Um, also, you can check out, um, if you check us out on FreightWaves.com, you can check out our road show that, that are happening at different places and streaming live. So if you can't be in one of these cities, as exciting as that may be, uh, you can still tune in and check it out and get educated. Yeah, for a finance geek like me, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm just co- constantly learning uh uh myself uh and i'm as we all are um well uh this this, our final story uh speaking of tech and speaking of tipping points and such um convoy has done something that i think is well like like this is crazy this is a big story and uh um ashley are you familiar with the story what what's happening with the uh automated matching Yeah, I mean, so Convoy has effectively eliminated human intervention in its load matching across, I mean, a lot of its top markets, and 95% of all loads nationally, I mean, humans are not involved in this matching anymore, and that's a little Uh. terrifying. (laughs) <laughs> but as Zach said, you can't trust humans anyway no, as can. much as you so I mean, hey, this is great. One of the ways that I think that Convoy has achieved this, guys, is because um, any because you on the on the one hand you can just be like, oh my gosh, like why hasn't everybody done this? Well, you know, Convoy one step at a time has been achieving <clears throat> what I would say is crit- critical mass. Yeah, they've done one amazing thing after another. I mean, they they've done it. They've done it the right way, but I, I want to pull back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to pull oh, back. Push a back or pull back? Uh, push back, pull back, okay. what, whatever you want to call it. Push or pull. Um, so they say that they're automated in a lot of these bigger lanes. You're talking about Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Seattle, Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, it's across the country. That's that's. The, but those are the markets that they're having the highest uh, level of success in terms of load matching. So, oh. and it's and, and that does not include pricing. So it doesn't mean that since they match the load... Yeah, they're working on the pricing. Yeah, the pricing part, which, of course, is near and dear to me because I was in pricing for a majority of my life in my my professional career. Um, That's probably the most difficult part of this. I think Uh many people can go out there and match a carrier to a load with very few steps in in the process. It's still impressive, don't get me wrong, but I kind of want to play devil's advocate for a second. 
You don't you don't want to get on the the, the hype train too I, soon. I, I I like what they're doing. They're going the right direction. You know, I've met those guys. They're wonderful. They're doing the right thing. But at the same time, when once you can match pricing and load matching together and get that algorithm down, you're set. I mean, well, <laughs> they're, they're I mean, they are coming as close as anybody I'm aware of. Absolutely, and, no, it's and, and they attribute. And let's let's at least like call it a milestone. You know what I mean? I think it's a milestone. I think it's a. I think it's it's significant. I'm not saying that they just took over the world, <laughs> but um, but uh, but I'm saying like one of the ways that they've achieved just briefly the critical mass is that they already have a few things with in their app, and this is not an advertisement. I, I I'm just literally impressed with this with with this company. They've they're, in their app they have no hassle detention, flex loads, and instant bidding. Um, so like those things have been so cool, like in and of themselves. No, no, their app that like they started getting a lot of people because actually their adoption I, rate has gone up because of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, two or three months ago I talked to Doug Wagner, the CEO of uh, of Echo, um, and you know, and he was like, hey, you know, he he went he attended our Market Waves event in November, and he was like, a lot of these ideas are so cool, and you know, we hey, we may even want to use them or think about, you know, being a part of them or whatever. He was like, but one thing I'm going to be really curious about is will they be able to, like, achieve a critical mass? Will they be able to get enough people to, to use no, their that, tech? That that and, part is super and, impressive. <laughs> do you mean of what Convoy's doing? Yeah, what Convoy's yeah, doing. Right. That part is absolutely a fact. I mean, that's, that's undeniable. Uh, but... That being said, they've conquered like they, they've gotten over that first initial hump. They, they they still have a ways to go, and I think it's worth noting that they're that they have hit a milestone. But at the same time, I don't I don't know if we're, we're not there yet. You know, in terms of like you mean of of the the pricing the, and matching the, the price. The pricing is the hardest part because pricing. And again, I'm kind of do, showing my nerd here. Okay. <laughs> Pricing yeah, is and experience. Yeah, pricing yeah. is about fifty percent art, fifty percent science. So if you can turn that fifty percent art into an algorithm, you've done something significant. <laughs> well, they are as close on their way as anybody else. I feel like that is some pretty interesting industry news uh, of the week. Uh, it has uh, been great to have you on uh, for our, um, should I say, inaugural debut, or is that redundant, uh, Ashley? <laughs> that is completely redundant, and you should choose one. <laughs> okay, for your inaugural episode. Your, All right. Your editor is showing, the, Ashley. <laughs> yes, yes. Editor, editor of Truckload Indexes. I'm not the one with the English PhD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like who's it. that? Um, Feisty. Um, okay, well, now it is time to play without JP. This is going to be dangerous. Oh. Uh, big deal, little deal, what's the deal with you, Zach? Oh, um, okay, <clears throat> so, Zach, I guess... Um, I'm going to hit you up first. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Let's ready do it. or not, here we go. An Australian first port of Melbourne breaks three million TEU mark. Little deal. Booming global economy. Few options locally. They were at 2.5 million TEUs in 2013. Logistics property to develop a distribution center on Chicago's southwest side. Big deal or little deal? Little deal nationally. Big deal locally. I mean, when you have a, whenever you have a, a an in, a market that does not have it's a very expensive to operate in and you build a big building in the middle of it it's a big deal 
locally but not nationally. Impact of Tesla's Maxwell Technologies acquisition uncertain on existing Maxwell fleet business. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Using an all stock, mm. no cash buying option with huge upside and very low downside. Four Kites raises $50 million in Series C financing. Big deal or little deal? Little deal. Project 44 just closed a $45 million C round, which is a major competitor. And in an overheated investment market, it is not that big of a deal. Running a tight ship. Mm-hmm. All right. My turn, Chet. Autonomous trucks will save carriers money and improve driver livelihoods. Big deal, little deal. Little deal. The article is based on an interesting McKinsey report detailing how carriers could save billions annually, but for now it's pie in the sky and doesn't answer a bigger industry concern about job losses. January truck orders fall. Cancellations start rising. Oh, little deal. Uh, Orders have been trending down since the highs of mid-2018, which were higher than anything since 2004. There's too much surplus now. Typical cyclical. WorkHound reduces driver turnover by giving fleets actionable insights based on driver concerns. Big deal, little deal. Big deal! This is a unique approach, embracing tech, addressing the need for carriers to get real-time input from drivers and could help the driver shortage for companies that use it. White House help on ELD exemptions for small business truckers sought. Little, little tiny eensy beansy deal. They need 100,000 signatures just to get a formal review by the White House, and they want non-ELD compliance for carriers owning 10 or fewer trucks. Ain't happening. Oh, and I don't think our uh, oh. uh, big deal, little deal oh. uh, success was uh, happening. That's my fault. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, hey, it was a good time, and I feel like, you know, the point is to... Uh, get, get um, our opinions across or, or something like that. Uh, great to have you guys on. What an episode. Um, it ain't the same without you, JP, but um, but hey, we are just doing our best to bring it to you each and every day. Thanks again to Redwood uh, Logistics for, uh, for your support uh, and sponsorship of our podcast. And we are signing out. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck. Truck.